Welcome back to See It and Feel It with Dr. Brett. Yes, men. And it's so funny when you watch a, uh, you know, a seven-year-old girl <laughs> winding a fish better than a grown yes. man. And it's, they listen, you know, they uh, remain, they don't get in their own head. They, all these preconceived notions about life just flood their brain and they can't seem to like just sit back and just like think about shit. And that's how I feel on the golf course. Yeah, honestly, so, but you, <laughs> that's you how I feel. Probably about, spend almost no time meditating in your but life. But I think right? I, it's I, like you really the thing yeah. is, is like you know, if I compare it to uh, fishing, you know, I guess I grew up just like fighting fish. You know, right. I didn't grow up right. hit, trying to make a score. Right. I didn't. I didn't grow up trying yeah. to put a number on a scorecard like a lot of a lot of people yeah. did. And I'll tell myself that it makes me feel better about myself. Yeah. You know, yeah. but like it is. If you think about it, it is true. Like I, I from a sports psychology standpoint, I didn't condition myself enough to shooting low scores from yeah. a young age. You know, yeah. it, it, I really get in my own head. Right. Like, I think it's as physically capable as I am of shooting mid sixties every yeah. round. Right. Um, I can't, I can't like put myself there mentally because right. I just yeah. feel so unnatural. So there's this me. book that I often have people read called the big leap by Gay Hendricks. I'm not a huge self-help book kind of guy but there's this concept in this book it's one of the better ones around an upper limit issue and so like because i used to play this um you know par 69 golf course in westport connecticut where i used to live and i played it so many times that eventually i got to a place where i was very close to breaking 70 and i would blow up at 70. i blew up at 70 i don't (laughs) know like probably eight times before I actually broke 70 and the way I broke 70 is I literally spent a month not playing golf, literally, you know, playing once a week, not practicing, whatever. But I sat there in meditative states, visualizing a 65 for a fucking month. That's all I did. Then I went out there one day and I literally shot a 66 and that last putt lipped out for the 65. Okay. And then the second time years later, when I shot a 66, I did it by meditating the entire back nine because I was so freaking nervous because I had another one of those rounds in me because yeah. I'm a once a week golfer, right? right? I'm not sitting there, you know, I'm just a good athlete. I'm not sitting there right. playing five right. times a week or whatever it is that people right. shoot in the 60s. Yeah, so you have to kind of condition yourself. Isn't that frustrating though? Yeah. Have you ever sat there and tried to practice hard? Yeah, I have at times like... Like, and what happened? Well, because that's what I'm saying. I got there, really like, good I'm, at my short game. <laughs> that's, I like, yeah. Because I remember. I did my irons. Like, I flush yeah. my irons all the time. I can't yeah. miss. And then I practice my short game because that's what you're supposed to do for a long time. And then you go out there and you savor your round and shoot a 70 and have like, you know, 20 putts or something because you're getting up and down on every hole because you can't hit an iron. When you <laughs> normally hit it inside 10 feet every Okay, time. so let's come back to this concept of the big leap and the upper limit issue, right? It's because what happens with people, unless they've sort of, over time, most people don't have permission psychologically and emotionally for very high levels of success. So we come, we bring ourselves unconsciously back to a baseline. Yeah. And so your baseline in competition is 70 to 75, not 65 to 70. And yeah. so you were always bringing yourself back to a baseline. I mean, you can and you have to bring I, yourself. I would try I'm to gonna, argue yeah, there with you higher. there, but like, <laughs> I'm going to give you. I'm trying to be greatest ball, right? Yeah, no, I'm just, <laughs> no, I'm just saying. Like, I wish it was lower. You know what right. I'm saying? I wish of my course. baseline was lower. But just, what I'm saying is, you can train yourself over months and years 
to lower that baseline. It's like a set point for happiness. If you win a lottery, basically, yeah. a year later, your level of happiness is back to wherever it was prior to the 100 million. For a little while, you're freaking elated or whatever, and your ba yeah. your level of happiness will go up, but yeah. then it'll really come back because you haven't done the fundamentals of changing who you are as a person, right? Very well said. Yeah. And I can, I can kind of go on a tangent off here and relate to that this summer, you know, on, in my fishing career, I yes. caught an 800 pound blue Marlin and won a bunch of money in the mid Atlantic tournament. Wow. That's and insane. Obviously that, you know, a lot of hard work and stuff goes into that. Yeah. And then, you know, you win a bunch of money, you know, you reach your, you know, goal or whatever. Yeah. And you know, that shit goes away. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, here I am right here. You know, I'm like, I'm like, you know, come on, let me go. Let me, I, yeah. want, I want another opportunity at that. Yeah. And I, you know, that was a, you know, it's the highs and lows, but you have to control that, right? Well, you know, like I mean, how, when you say you have to control the highs and lows, it's a great question, right? Uh, I mean, it depends on what your goal is, right? On, you know, I mean, so some people love the highs and lows, right? That they sort of thrive off of that. Other people decide, you know what? I don't want to live that way anymore. And I want, maybe I'll have lesser highs, but I want more consistent happiness or well-being or success. And so it they're going to start to train it. themselves. It is what you make But again, it, you're training your mind. Right. Because your mind is determining your actions, right? Yeah. So you're learning how to be more in the moment and realize what this thing is really about for you. Are you an experiencer of life? What it is it what is it that you really I'm up still to? trying to and honestly yeah. if you're asking me that, but I know that was hypothetical, yeah, no, but no, like, you know, like, we're on cool. a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyways, I don't know what I am. Yeah. I'm trying to figure it out. I think yeah. I'm an experiencer yeah. because I like experiences yeah. and I, I take more um, value in, in experiences than anything, yeah. you know, um, that's, you know, probably yeah. why I do what I do for a living, you yeah. know, it's because I go out there and I really never, you never know what's going to happen. Sure. Yeah. There's the, the boring stuff, the money side of things, you know, right. making sure the boat's ready to go, right. you know, fixing shit. Right. Um, but it's just about that opportunity to getting out there, traveling with the boat. Right. You never know what's going to happen. So yeah. I, I think I'm more of an experienced guy. Yeah. Um, and that's why also why I like golf too, is because it's like, um, you're really in play with the natural world. It is you know, so true. You have, you I've have been explaining a, that to Jamal over here behind the camera. Cool. I've been talking to Jamal, him about that. Like, cameraman. What's like, up? yeah, <laughs> but we, that's what I tell him. I'm like, Stadiums, I'm like, literally like, uh, rinks, courts, they're all the same. A golf course. It's now always, that is it is yeah. always different, man. It's and so that's true. what it's all about. If yeah. you like the real, like yeah. natural, that's it, it's it is, man. Yeah. How how is this cylindrical object made by man? Which also a cylindrical object is the shape of planets and stuff. So it's like a natural thing. How is it can interact with the world around me? Right. And it's it's really cool. Yeah. Which way is the grain growing towards the sun? Is it away from the sun? towards the water you know so, there's like, a lot so, of cool so things i just that... i just sat like you know i just i met him um through the like happy hour scene here on singer island like yeah. maybe a couple weeks ago or whatever <laughs> i had no idea i was with bagger vans here like <laughs> bagger vans I, I had no clue he had this deep side like he I, loves do, the, man. I love the freaking game of golf here yeah, i mean like dude, i talk I love about it. the spiritual side it, of golf that's why i wish i was right. so that's why i wish i was good at it yeah well it you sounds know? like you are good at it it's yeah. just you didn't get the yeah well, we'll game get there and it's just yeah, yeah I'm, I'm i'm there and i'm 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 yeah. struggling, dude. If I didn't love fishing and I yeah. didn't, if I wasn't as successful as I was doing that, right. I probably, it's like one of those things. 
I watched the uh, Brooks Kepka documentary. Yeah. And then his dad was talking about him and he had no option. Um, to him, he was going to be a professional golfer. Yes, or he absolutely was. And his dad was would tell him, you know, which, you know, if I if I had a son, which I hope I do one day, I'd tell him you need to have a backup plan. Yeah. But, you know, he didn't have a backup plan. He's like, all right, you yeah. know, so like, but he did it. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So that I, I, I mean, I think it needs that. the, you know, we actually interviewed a golfer that has, you know, he's a really good instructor and so that could be a backup plan but we interviewed somebody yesterday here um and you know he he has that obsessive focus that i think you need to be the you know to to make it to the pga tour you need that singular focus you know it's almost obsessive and and not everybody's wired that way right right? but if you're you know i mean but you probably need that to be top in the world right 100%. Yeah. yeah there's there's and something so special there man. yeah if you're almost too balanced it would be hard to you know i mean if you love fishing and you love women and you love this it's you know i mean he is so focused on it. golf yeah. is it he's not giving up you know yeah. he's determined you know yeah. the sheer determination and the willingness to do whatever it takes the yeah. willingness to build a team to spend the money you, know, I mean, you talked about that. You're too. talking about Tiger Woods right there, yeah. honestly. I mean, well, that's, but Tiger that's... had a start at age two or three. He did. He did. You, know, but you still, started at what age? Up. How old were you? Like, like 13, 14. Yeah, or 13 so. or 14. I was just In explaining to Jamal here before you showed up that it's very rare. Brooks Kepka started at what, eight or nine or something like that? It's very rare to start beyond age 11, 12 and make it to the PGA yeah. Tour. Yeah. It's extremely in, rare. In it does happen. Age, I wish. but I, I remember uh, growing yeah. up, I was like 11 years old. And uh, I'm not knocking my dad here at all. But I remember we went out and uh, I just wanted to play golf for some reason, honestly. Yeah. So like I went out and, and hit. I was like 11 years old and I was just like flushing these clubs, dude. And, <laughs> and, the, so and, the, and the golf pro was like, hey, you should like really consider, you know, like, making golf like his only sport you know wow. what i'm saying but my dad was a baseball player like i right. said and you know i did all the shit and i like i like i enjoyed thoroughly i was a kid i mm. thoroughly enjoyed doing that and and it's so funny like i th- i think about that moment often right and it's like you know i yeah, wish you, need, you almost need the singular focus and, and like yeah. I, you do in the, yeah. today's day and yeah. age you know it's like yeah. uh you know yeah. gary player you know obviously you know uh all those guys back in the day maybe i could have made it in the 30s or something <laughs> but like i'll tell you know, myself that but i don't or whatever yeah whatever yeah. it takes man yeah. but uh you know what i'm saying like yeah, you dude. know these guys are you know they're yeah. out there so I'm an identical twin. I don't think you know that about me. And my twin brother, we were so Can good. I get another beer? Yeah. Can we start that up? Uh, yeah, he needs another beer as we're talking. Uh, Jamal will take care of that. So my twin Thanks. brother and I, like, we were so good at tennis till like, like at age 9, 10, 11. Okay. That people wanted to kind of back us. And my, we wanted to play baseball. We wanted to play in baseball. Yeah. And so my twin brother for years was like, we were idiots. We had no guidance. No one, bought, you know what I mean? We just kind of yeah, yeah. played baseball, a yeah. sport that we weren't big enough to go anywhere with. And I'm not sure we were big enough for tennis, but the point is, though, it's that same I mean, regret. I know, that, man. You know what I mean? It's that crazy you didn't focus on one are. thing, right? <laughs> yeah. I don't look at it that way because I've done, like, my life is more, I'm sort of more balanced or whatever. I like the psychology and coaching and all these different hybrid yeah. things that I do. But I, you know, Thanks but my twin definitely you, brings buddy. that up every few years. Like, cheers. yeah, cheers. Okay, cool. <laughs> um, what, do, what else you want to ask while you got me here, Jay? What are you curious about? 
Um, <laughs> we're switching the roles here. Yeah, why not? Oh my gosh. Well, let's see, <laughs> man. I didn't even think about that. Um, you haven't thought about any of this, right? Because we just I thought about. I haven't, I haven't seen you. I met you once for ten minutes. We're just going. Thanks to Amy Lee. Amy Lee, she's hot. What's up? Awesome. <laughs> and so we're Jay Heglin. All right. Um, we're yeah, we're not probably going to edit That's that, but gonna... Jay Heglin, um, boat captain here, probably a really good one. We haven't done that yet. But we'll anyway, get, we'll so you got there. your beer. I would love to. I haven't fished since we were here. Yeah, we'll talk about the psychology. I got holes everywhere, but I mean, I'm fishing off the rocks here. It's tough. Yeah, it's like. Do you want to know the number one principle to psychology of fishing? Please. You don't know unless Would... you go. <laughs> you don't know unless you go. Maybe that's... that's a good place to end. Thanks for watching See It and Feel It with me, Dr. Brett. If you enjoyed this video, remember to like, subscribe, or share it with a friend.